Welcome to the Nations Church Podcast. We hope this message blesses you. Is anyone with me today? Come on. Hey, I want to start by uh, reading a passage of Scripture, and then we're going to jump straight into the Word. And if you're able, I'd love to invite you just to stand to your feet all across this place as we honour the Word of God. If you're watching online today, I want you to stand to your feet wherever you are. Jesus said, Heaven and earth will pass away, but my Word remains forever. At Nations Church, we honour the Word of God. And I want to read a passage of Scripture found in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter number 2, verse number 1 to 5. The, the book of Corinthians is Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. And this is what he writes in verse number 1. He recounts his first missionary journey when he went to the church in Corinth. And this is what he describes. He says, When I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything. Everyone say, forget everything. Except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. Verse number three, I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. And my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather, everyone say rather. Just turn to your neighbor, say rather. Turn to your second choice, the one you just rejected and say rather. (laughs) Rather than Using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied, everyone say relied, on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you wouldn't trust not, so you would trust not in the human wisdom, but in the power of God. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. This morning, the title of my sermon, the thing I believe God is stirring us about as a church today is this simple thought, but if you capture it, it will change your life. It's simply this. We need the Holy Spirit. Not we could do with, not it would be helpful, not as an optional extra for the elite, but every single believer. If you confess Jesus Christ is your Lord and your Saviour, it cannot be an optional extra. You need the Holy Spirit. I need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. We cannot do what God has called us to do without the work, the role and the power of His Spirit in our life. I don't care where you're watching from today, whatever situation you're in, you need the Holy Spirit in your life. No matter what's going, whether you're on a mountaintop or in a valley low, you need more of the Holy Spirit. I need more of the Holy Spirit. And I believe today God wants to bring us to a greater awareness of our need for Him. So would you join with me in praying? As we get into God's Word, if you're comfortable, will you just lift your hands all across this place, wherever you're watching today, just raise your hands. Holy Spirit, I thank You, You're already here. I thank You, You're already moving. I thank You, God, that You've already been stirring people. I thank You've already been taking people deeper with You. I thank You, Lord, You've already been, even prophetically, Lord God, You've been ministering to people. You've been speaking. But Father God, I pray today in this service, in this moment, for a double dose of Your anointing. God, I pray that people that are full of You would have even more of You. God, I pray for those of us that are in need of You, that we would be touched by Your power today. For those of us that have placed limitations on You, Holy Spirit, in our life, would the limitations be removed? And would we have all that you have for us, God? I thank you, Lord God, that you're coming back, Jesus, for a church full of the power of the Holy Spirit. We thank you that your church was birthed in power and you're coming back for one full of power. So God, I pray that we today would be a people that you're looking forward to coming back for. We love you. We honour you, God. And I pray for sicknesses to be healed. 
I pray, Lord, even right now where there's distractions of different situations in our life, we just fix our attention on You, God. We pray that You'd speak, that You'd minister, You'd move, You'd have all the glory, all the honour in Jesus' mighty name. And everyone said, would you just join with me in giving God one more clap of praise? Come on. Come on. Let's give Jesus a clap. We love You, God. You're worthy, Jesus, of everything we can give You. Amen, amen, amen. High five your neighbour. Say you look beautiful today. And as you do, you can take your seat. Thank you so much, worship team. Hey, um, I know we mentioned before, but uh, I do want to honour as well our senior pastors here, Pastor Ken and Chrissy. Uh, can we just give a massive round of applause for them? I know they're ministering in the state today, but we would not be where we are today if it was not for their obedience to the call of God. This church wouldn't be here if it was not for their yes. And I wouldn't be who I am if it wasn't for their personal role in my life. And so I just want to honour them and just say, man, we have great pastors and great leaders in this house. And if you're a part of Nations Church, you're in a safe house, man. God is moving here and we've got great leaders. And yeah, PK and Chrissy, wherever you're watching from, we just love you. We honour you. We're grateful for you. We pray for a move of God in Adelaide today in Jesus' name. You know, this topic, the Holy Spirit, uh, for me personally, I, I grew up as a Christian. Well, I call myself a Christian, but the majority of my life was, was absent of the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you can relate with that. I used to, uh, I used to pray every night before I went to bed. My, my parents were great Christians. They taught me to pray, and so I'd talk to God. Uh, but I found often God wouldn't really talk back. And uh, the conversation would be one way, and I, I would talk, I'd pray. But if I'm honest, God was more of a... Um, uh, an idea in my mind than a reality in my life. God was kind of like one of those stories my parents told me about, uh, whether it, it was a fairy tale or something. It's like, yeah, yeah I, I believe in it, but there was nothing tangible and present in my life to prove the existence of God. And that was until, of course, I was 11 years old, and my mom forced me to go to this youth rally. Have you ever forced your child to go to a, uh, a youth meeting before? Give me a wave. Where are all the legends at? Yes, praise God for each one of you. I wouldn't be where I am today if it was not for a mum that had the wisdom to not listen to her son. Amen. And so my mum lovingly and kindly kicked me out of the car and uh, sent me on my way. And so I find myself at this youth rally in New Zealand where I used to live. And, you know, maybe you've been at church while you might have heard me share this story. But I was in an environment and uh, I remember this guy got up to preach and he was talking about Jesus. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's cool. I believe in Jesus. I talk to Jesus. But then the service began to shift and he stopped and said, hey, if you believe in Jesus, would you come to the front? And so I was like, okay. So I, you know, walked down to the front and so did most of the other people in the room. And we're standing down the front and uh, he goes, there's someone that didn't come down and you need to come down. And my mind is like, man, how does he know this stuff? Like, who, who's talking to him about this? And lo and behold, we're waiting for what feels like forever. And then this guy gets up from the back road. He was one of my older brother's friends. His name was Josh. He gets up. He walks down the front. And I'll never forget this moment. The guy goes, hey, just bring him here. Stretches out his hand, places a hand on the head. Bang. The dude falls to the ground like a sack of potatoes. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at the man at stage. I look back at the man on the ground and I go, you've just killed my friend. 
this is, I, I was like, I could not believe what I was witnessing. I was like, how, what is going on? And then the guy goes, you know, if you want the power of God, why don't you just lift your hands right now? And I'm like, whatever you say, crazy man. You know, I'm like, I don't want to die too. And so I've got my hands, I'm right up the front. And I'll never forget, I feel him place his hand on my head. And then this lightning bolt of power goes through my body. It knocks me out. I wake up on the floor and the whole auditorium is just packed with bodies everywhere. And they are wailing and crying out to God. Have you ever seen someone like ugly cry before? That was, it was like that, man. People were like, Ugh. and I, I'm, an, I'm 11 years old. I've just been hit by presumably God. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't actually, I didn't need someone to explain. I knew it was God. It felt like love. It wasn't weird or freaky. It was wonderful. It was, it, it's Him. It's Jesus. It's His power. And as I'm lying there, I get overwhelmed and overcome by emotion. And I start crying my eyes out to God. And I literally spend what felt like the next two and a half hours on the floor just crying to Jesus, telling Him I loved Him. Because what I thought was an idea became real in my life. And I want to submit to you today that experiences like these, though we tend not to glorify them, are actually important for our Christian faith. I'm not saying that you need to fall over. I'm not saying it needs to happen a certain way. But I am saying this, that for every single person, there is the power of God available to you. And God doesn't just want you to have an intellect with Him. He wants you to have a relationship with Him. And the Bible says Jesus died on the cross, buried in the grave, but He rose again on the third day. And the good news is this, the Holy Spirit that rose Him is still here. He's still resurrecting people. He's still bringing life. And I believe the Spirit of God is wanting to move in your life today. And we see here in, in Paul's letter to the church in Corinth, he writes this, and it's, it's, quite, it's quite confronting. He says, my message and my preaching were very plain. In verse number four, rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. Paul has no apologies about placing an emphasis on the power of God. In fact, verse number five says, I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Paul, in Scripture, was discipling Christians to actually rely upon the power of God. But you know, I think one of the problems we run into so often, and I believe one of the, the curses we can run into, is we can try and do the work of God without the person of the Holy Spirit. We can try and work for God without God. One of the curses we can fall into, we can try and do discipleship, we can try and do evangelism, and the Great Commission, Jesus' last words, was a commission to every single believer. But I've got news for you today, and it is this, it is impossible for you to fulfill the Great Commission without the Holy Ghost. It's impossible for me, for you, for us to do the will of God without the power of God. And you know what I find so often is where the Apostle Paul placed an emphasis we have often placed an option. He placed an emphasis on the role of the Holy Spirit and His power. But for many Christians, especially in the Western world, if you were to ask them, the Holy Spirit, His presence, His power, it's kind of like the sprinkles on top of the Sunday. Take or leave it, it doesn't matter. But I want to submit to you today that God wants us to be full of His power. God wants you to be full of His Spirit. Jesus died and rose again to make your temple clean so the Spirit could live on the inside of you. The temple in the Old Testament was sanctified and it housed the Holy Spirit's presence. But now through the blood of Jesus Christ, you have become the temple of God. 
You have become the housing place of the Holy Spirit. And God doesn't just want to dwell in you a little bit. He doesn't just want to have a little part of you. The Holy Ghost wants to fill every single part of your life. He wants to fill your workplace. He wants to fill your family. He wants to fill your dreams, your desires. The Holy Spirit wants all of you. You know, the Bible says in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, before Jesus uh, told His disciples to go and preach, He said, wait, 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 wait for the Holy Spirit. Why? Because you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Everyone say power. power. Say it with a deep voice. Say power. power. Say it like Batman. Power. <laughs> that was my Batman. I practiced it all morning for that moment right there. I, I didn't actually. Uh, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea, Samaria, and to the end of the earth. You will receive power. It doesn't say you'll receive invite cards to church. It doesn't say you'll receive a great template on how to share your testimony. Though these things are really, it doesn't even say you'll receive great strategy or you'll receive emotional healing or you'll receive energy. No, it says you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And I believe one of the best things we can do for our world is to desire the person of the Holy Spirit. Why? Because it's Him that wins the loss. It's Him that touches people. It's Him that heals. It's him. He is the force of God's power on this earth. And without Him, we can do nothing. You know, um, I, I got the privilege of speaking in a high school just on Friday. Actually, my friends Celine and Shamin came with me. They're around somewhere today. And it was really cool. It was a, a school in WA uh, that's a Christian school. So they're all for Jesus. They're like, yeah, preach the gospel. Go for it. And the students and teachers organized an exo day where they, they, um, you know, they did a bunch of kind of like small talks uh, about identity and things like that. And so it's the whole day they ruled it out from school to be talking about this type of things. And so they invited me to come close the day out with the final session. So I get there and, you know, I, I'm not too sure. I'm prepping throughout what today and I feel like God tell me to preach on how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so we, we preach on how to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's a, to be honest, it's a great time. People respond. People come at the front. There's kids encountering God. But the, the thing that really, uh, I guess, wowed my heart is after the service, there was a girl that was staying up the front and she wanted prayer and she was getting prayed for by another student and I, I saw her and I just felt to pray for her so I was like hey could, could I pray for you too she's like yeah no worries so just placed my hand on her began to pray and uh, as I'm praying tears just begin streaming down her face and the Holy Spirit just begins touching her and moving in her life she's shaking she's trembling in her high school as the power of God touches her what happens then is another student sees this and walks over and says I want some prayer too and so we go, okay, let's pray for you too. So we pray for her and literally the exact same thing happens. She starts bawling her eyes out, crying. God's touching her life and ministering to her and the power of God is moving in her life. After the service, I'm sitting around just kind of talking to people and, and I see the second girl that I prayed for. For example's sake, let's, does anyone have a, a great girl name? Just yell it out. Ali? Was there a Scarlet? No? Ingrid, is that you? <laughs> All right, let's go with Scargrid. So, no, no. Uh, we'll go with Ali because it's nice and Australian. So, Ali. G'day, mate. My name's Ali. <laughs> she was at the school. And uh, I was sitting there and Ali walks by and I just feel to ask her, you know, what church does she go, go to? I chat to her. Turns out she's recently moved into state. She hasn't been actually at church for quite a while. She's kind of fallen out. She used to be a part of a Catholic church, but kind of got uh, just, just, just kind of in the busyness of life, kind of let her faith go a bit. And so I just 
begin to invite her. I was like, hey, I, I believe you should come to Nations. Honestly, we've got a great youth. You've got um, friends here. And I introduced them to some of the friends. She gets dropped home by one of the families from our church here. And uh, I, I asked her, you know, would you come tonight? And she's like, to be honest, I, I'm babysitting my family. Uh, so I can't. So I like, you know what? Fair call. It's a very good reason to not come to church, to look after your family. Anyway, fast forward to youth ministry that night. You wouldn't believe who's in the foyer. Ali. <laughs> I go up to her, I was like, Ali, you're here. Where's your, where, what happened to your family? And she's like, oh, I left them at home. Uh, and you know, I was in two minds at this moment of praise God, but also God look after these kids. And so I was like, you know what? Good on you, mate. Well done. And so she comes that night. My, my wife preaches that Friday night here at Nations Youth, and she's doing the salvation appeal. And uh, you know when it gets to the three, two, one part of the salvation appeal, and it's kind of like it's for the people that just need that extra kind of nudge over the edge, you know what I mean? And so we'll go three, two, and right as it hits one, boom, Ali puts up her hand. She gets saved that night and gives her life to Jesus right out there in the foyer. Straight after that, after she's gone to the new Christian area, she on her own accord decides to walk back into the auditorium because she wants more of God because God's moving in here. She comes down the front. We pray for her. She starts encountering God. She gets filled with the Holy Spirit and prays in tongues for the first time right there on this altar last Friday night. She is, her whole life has changed in one day. And I want to submit to you that it wasn't necessarily good theology that did it, though that's important. It wasn't my ability as a preacher that did it, though I believe it's important to be good and to strive to excel at what we do. But I believe it's the power of the Holy Spirit that moved on her life to bring it to that point. And I believe where we've placed an option, God is bringing an emphasis today. Where we've placed a maybe, He's bringing a must be. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is essential for your life and your ministry. And whether you're a pastor, a preacher, a doctor, unemployed, no matter where you are today, maybe you're a single mom this morning, maybe you're a family, family or five. I don't know where you are, but I know this. God wants you to be filled with His Spirit. God wants you to carry the power. The people in your world need the Holy Spirit just like they do in my world. And so this asks us the question then, how do we get filled with the Holy Spirit? How do we have the Holy Spirit or how do we access the power of God? Well, that's an excellent question. Turn to your neighbor and say, that's an excellent question. Turn to your other neighbor and say, I'm so glad you asked. You actually didn't, I asked, but that's okay. Um, you know, I believe the answer is hidden in Scripture. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1, if we can put it on the screen. It says this, Follow the way of love and eagerly desire. Want to say eagerly desire. So, no, we won't do the Batman voice, don't worry. And eagerly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. You know there is a difference between desire and tolerance? A lot of us are happy to tolerate the move of God, the power of God, the gifts of the Spirit. But if we're honest, how many of us in this place are obeying what 1 Corinthians 14 tells us and actually eagerly desiring the power of God and the gifts of God in our life? See, hunger and desire is the first step to experiencing the power of the Holy Spirit. And I believe where you are today, God wants to unlock inside of you a greater desire and a greater appetite for His power. Why? Because He wants you to be filled with His Spirit. We see a story in the book of 1 Samuel of two women. One of them is called Hannah and the other one's called Penina. And these two women, are, uh, uh, they're married to the same husband, and one of them is fruitful, and one of them is barren. One of them has many kids. Her name's Penina. The other one, Hannah, has no children whatsoever. And because of this, 
Penina would often insult and mock and ridicule Hannah and make her feel bad because she was childless. The Bible even says that the Lord closed Hannah's womb. And so Hannah was bitter and in despair. She was grieved by this issue. And it got to the point where her grief turned into a prayer. And we see one day they're going up to the house of the Lord. They've just feasted at Shiloh. And we pick up the story in verse number 10 of 1 Samuel chapter 1. And it says this, that she, Hannah, was deeply distressed and prayed to the Lord. Everyone say, prayed to the Lord. And wept bitterly. She vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if you will indeed look on the affliction of your servant and remember me and not forget your servant, but will give to your servant a son, then I will give him to the Lord all the days of his life and no razor shall touch his head. Now, as Hannah's praying this prayer, the priest, Eli, is actually sitting on a chair and sees her. And she's in such grief and such distress that no words are even coming out of her mouth. Her mouth's just moving. She's weeping bitterly. And Eli sees her weeping before the Lord. And he actually thinks she's drunk. And so he goes over to rebuke her for her drunkenness. And they have an interaction where she explains, no, no, I'm not drunk. I'm grieved. And I'm crying out to God in my distress for my need. And then Eli responds to her without even knowing what she was asking for, without even knowing what she was praying for, we read in verse number 17, then Eli answered, go in peace and the God of Israel grant you your petition that you have made to him. And if you follow on the story, she goes home, her and her husband come together, they birth a child and his name is Samuel. Right at the start of 1 and 2 Samuel, we see the birth and conception of Samuel. Now I want to submit to you today that it was always God's will for Samuel to come into being. If you don't know much of the story of 1 Samuel, Samuel was the one that anointed Saul to be king. He was also the one that anointed King David to be king. Samuel was a transition in Bible history from the time of the judges to the time of the prophets. Samuel was the last judge and the first prophet to the nation in that time. And he anointed King David. And David's lineage runs all the way to Jesus, our Messiah. We are sitting in the room because of the legacy of Samuel. I want to submit to you that it was always the will, always the plan, always the desire of God to birth Samuel. Samuel. Not only that, but Eli had two sons and they were wicked in the sight of the Lord. They were sleeping with women at the temple. They were eating sacrifices before they were cooked. They, were, they had no honour for the Lord. And so God needed to raise up someone in this nation that knew his heart, that abided in his character, that would do the will of God. There was a need and God's solution was Samuel. But what's crazy is this. God's provision of Samuel didn't come in the way of a child, came in the way of a desire. On the inside of a woman who was broken and hurting that she had no child. God could have just given to Hannah, hey, there you go, here's Samuel. But what does he do instead? He places on the inside of her a desire that stirs her to pray and seek him. You know, I'm here to tell you today that maybe you're wanting more of God. You're like, God, why don't I have the power in my life? Why am I hearing stories and it's always pastors but never me? I want to challenge you. Sometimes before God gives you the child, He wants to give you the desire. Sometimes before God gives you the promise, He wants to place in you a persistence. Why? Because it's the earnest prayer of a righteous person that produces wonderful results. I find in my life, the access point to more of the Holy Spirit begins in the room of desire for Him. The Bible even says the Holy Spirit gives us desires contrary to the flesh. One of the best ways I believe the Holy Spirit leads us is by placing desires on the inside of our heart. Now, I remember when I was 16, I, um, I, would, I saw, we, had, we actually had Pastor Tim Hall come to the church I was at in New Zealand in 2012. And I saw people getting healed. It was awesome, man. People with crutches in the air. It was un- unreal. And um, 
I remember going to the skate park one Sunday afternoon and I was just skating around and, and I, was, I was playing a game of skate with this kid. It's, just, it's like horse, but with the skateboard. Um, if you don't know what horse is, that's a very confusing statement. <laughs> it's like a horse, but on a skateboard. Okay, all right, gotcha. And so I'm riding this horse at the skate park. And uh, back on track, Matt, back on track, Shandipa. And so I'm at the skate park and, and, and this kid rolls his ankle and he's like in a lot of pain. But I've just come out of like these revival meetings where people have been healed, so I'm like... God, I've got the perfect opportunity for you. <laughs> have you ever been there before where you're like, it's like you're on a basketball team with God and you're like, you're setting him up for the alley-oop. You're like, here you go. You just got to do the miracle. I was in that position. So I shared with this guy, hey, bro, I believe God's able to heal you. I believe he wants to heal you. Can I pray for you? And the kid's like, yeah, yeah, I want to I be healed. So I was like, awesome, come on. And so I, I, I laid my hand on him. And uh, have you ever been like so convinced in your mind something's going to happen? Have you ever been there? I was like, I just mustered all the faith that I could, Father, in the name of Jesus. And I'm trying to be relational, but also powerful at the same time. You know what I mean? So it's like, Father, in the name of Jesus. And he just thinks I'm whispering, you know, God bless him right now. And so I'm praying for him. God, would you touch him? Would you move in his life? I pray that you heal this ankle now in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. I take my hand away and I get him to check it. And I'm like, bro, I'm excited. Because in my mind, I'm like, he's about to get healed. He's going to give his life to God. He's going to come to church that night. People are going to be like, oh, who invited you? He's like, oh, this guy. And I'll be like, me? Oh, no, that was nothing. It was not really me. And it's going to be a testimony on the video. It's going to be really, really cool. And, uh, you know, God's going to shot fire me in a ministry. For, I, I can just see it in my mind right now. And uh, I get him to stand up and he goes to put pressure on it. And, ah, ah, it's still painful. And I was confused. I was like, what do you mean? I, I did all the things. I prayed. I believed. I stepped out. And so at 16 year old, I concluded the only logical conclusion from that situation that it just wasn't God's will to heal this guy. And so I was like, hey, bro, I just, you know, God loves you. And I was confused by that situation. And as I went on in life and journey, I, I would pray for other people. And I had the exact same results. Every time I prayed, they didn't get healed. And so my, my conclusion went from it's not God's will to heal them to it's not God's will to use me. And I believed that I was just for some reason, because of my, I don't know who I am or the way I think, I, I was excluded from having God flow through me. And I, I was excluded from the Holy Spirit touching people's lives. To the point that I remember even being at like youth meetings and church meetings and they'd go to pray for someone and I would literally remove myself from the group because I was afraid that my lack of faith would cause them to not be healed. And I would separate myself because I knew in my heart that I was the problem that God didn't want to use me. Have you ever been there before where you had a, maybe a desire to see God do something and it didn't happen as you worked out? Fast forward a year or so later, I'm, I'm living in Australia now. My brother uh, is watching a documentary about miracles and healing. It's called The Finger of God. And in this documentary, I just walk past the. I'm in the kitchen. I see this part of this film, and this guy's on crutches. He gets prayed for, and, and his brace comes off, and he's walking around. And I just, I cannot believe my eyes that this is happening, not at an altar call, but in a park. And I just whisper in my heart to God. I was like, God, I, I ask if it's okay. Could I just have a little bit of that in my life? I knew I, knew I probably wasn't good enough to have a you know, crazy healing, but just, God, just a little bit. Could I just have just a little bit of that in my life? See, there was a desire on the inside of me to have the Holy Spirit touch people's lives. And so what then happened next is 
I started stepping out and praying at uni and I prayed for lots of people with not really any results. I prayed for this guy's ankle after he played basketball and he heard it, didn't get healed. I, I prayed for people's headaches, for they didn't get healed. But it was weird because I kept feeling a desire to see God touch people and I kept feeling prompted to step out, but I was not seeing the results that I was being told would happen in the Bible until one day I was working at my old workplace and uh, this girl comes in who's a worker there uh, at the Apple store in Garden City. And she, um, she actually injured her elbow because she was out drinking the night before and ran into a pole. And so she, classic situation, you know. And um, <laughs> we've all been there. No, 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 no. Hey, looking at you, Celine. Um, <laughs> so she was out, not drunk on the wrong spirit, unfortunately. And... Uh, and I really feel in my heart, I need to pray for her. And I'm just re- replaying every time it didn't work before. And there's people around. And so I was like, I can't. It's just going to be so awkward. So I don't do it. So I go on my break. And as I'm going on my break, I just, I, I, my heart's burning like I need to do this. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. I'm just gonna, and I turn around and I just, and I just go back. And I'm, just like, I'm beeline it. I'm just going to do it. I get back to the backstage area in, in, in the Apple store. And you wouldn't believe who's there. She's right there. And no one's around. I was like, okay, perfect. This is my opportunity. I'm going to pray for her. I was like, hey, uh, is it okay? Can I, uh, you injured your elbow. Can I, I'm trying to be quick so no one comes in, you know what I mean? Can I pray for you? And her response was surprised. She's like, oh my gosh, yes, that'll be lovely. I was like, oh wow, tick number one. Okay. And so I placed my hand on her and I pray a prayer like I pray all the other times. God, you heal. I declare mobility, flexibility in this elbow in Jesus' mighty name. Amen, amen. I take my hand away and uh, I'm just like, I'm kind of bracing myself for the, hey, I hope it gets better in time. God bless you. See you at church. You know, see you later. And uh, as, as, I, as I'm about to do that, she drops her elbow and this look of shock runs across her face and she goes holy and then she begins to cry and goes I don't feel any pain and then she feels bad because she just swore and God is just messing her up and I'm standing there and in my mind I'm like holy no 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 okay But if I'm, if I'm totally transparent, I was probably just as shocked as she was that day. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. But outside, I was like, this type of thing happens all the time. It's just another day of work for me. And so I just begin to encourage her that, you know, God does signs and a sign points you somewhere. And this was a sign to point you to the fact that God loves you. He wants a relationship with you. I began to tell her about Jesus and encourage her. She didn't give her life to God that way, that, that day, but I walked away and I was like, oh my word, I saw the power of the Holy Spirit touch someone's life. See, this isn't about me, but I believe I can draw some conclusions from the story of Hannah and Elkanah that Hannah's barrenness, though God closed her womb, it wasn't to rob her of a child. God closed her womb to birth of Samuel. And I'm here to tell someone today, maybe you've stepped out. Maybe you've got your hopes high. Maybe you believed God to move in the power of the Spirit. Maybe you've asked God to encounter and it hasn't happened how you wanted it. I want to remove that restriction from you today. If God will do it for Hannah, if God has done it for me, He's the same yesterday, today and forever. He will do it for you too. God wants you to move in power. But sometimes before He produces the promise, He produces a desire. And one of the best things we can do as Christians, one of the best things you can do for your world, for your family, for your life, is have a desire on the inside of your heart for the Holy Spirit. Have a desire on the inside of you for more of the Holy Spirit. You know, I believe, and I want to invite the worship team to come and join me, that God has things that He wants you to do. 
God has assignments for you in your workplace. There's a reason you're born in the family you are. There's a reason that you're surrounded. You, you know, you're in Perth for a reason. Maybe you're here for a week and you're flying away. There's a reason for this week. There is an assignment for this week. The Bible actually says this in Ephesians chapter 2, number 10. For we are His workmanship created in Jesus Christ for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we might walk in them. No matter who you are, no matter how bold and loud you are, or uh, shy and insecure, whether you're introverted, extroverted, no matter what race you are, what gender you are, how you feel today, God has works He's prepared for you to do. And I want to submit to you that it is impossible to do them without the Holy Spirit. Don't fall into the curse of working for God without God. The Great Commission is impossible without the Spirit of God. And we need to come back to a point like the Apostle Paul to the Church of Corinth, where the power of the Holy Spirit isn't an optional extra for the few ministers on a stage, isn't just a one-time experience for a conference. No, the power and the person of the Holy Spirit is a daily reality in our lives. Why? Because our world needs Jesus. And I don't want to give them a watered down version of them. There's things God has called you to do that require the power of God. And so my question for you today, very humbly, and I'm right there with you, but do you have the power of the Holy Spirit in your life today? If you're a Christian, you've got the Holy Spirit. He lives on the inside of you. The moment you believed in Jesus, Holy Spirit regenerated your heart, gave you a new mind, gave you a new heart. But do you have the power of His Spirit? When was the last time the Holy Spirit did something in your life that could be nothing other than God? When was the last time maybe that you saw God give you a word for someone and you stepped out? I'm not talking about crazy spooky things like standing on a street corner and preaching. Do that if if God puts that on your heart. But I think for most of us, we, we exclude ourselves because we think it's too hard, it's too difficult. But God has good works for you to do. And we need the power of the Holy Spirit for all types of situations. I need Him on my worst day. I need Him on my best day. I remember when I was 14 years old, I was having a steak dinner with my dad. And I know this sermon isn't like the most theological. It's got a lot of testimonies. But the reason is I just want to stir your faith and hunger for God. Because I know outside, the moment we walk out of these doors, there is a world that needs Jesus. Not just non-Christians, but Christians too. Your family needs the Holy Spirit. Your workplace needs, you could work in a Christian school. Your workplace needs the Holy Spirit. And I want to stir in you a desire for Him. Because if you get Him, you get His power. Everything comes with Him. When I was 14 years old, I was eating a steak dinner with my dad at home. And I'll never forget that uh, as we're eating, all of a sudden, he just locks up and goes, a piece of steak got stuck in his throat. I'm freaking out. No one else is at home. It's just me and dad. And he's like, he he literally can't breathe. He falls off his chair and he's on his knees on the ground. I am freaking out right now. And he's just going like this, like trying to signal me to hit his back. And so I just start hitting his back as hard as I can, trying to get this thing out. As I'm hitting it, nothing is happening. And I am freaking out. I don't know what to do. Mum isn't there. My brothers aren't there. My dad is literally not breathing in front of me. So I do the only thing I know how to do. And I keep hitting his back. But I start yelling at the top of my lungs in tongues. And I just start going, And tears are streaming down my face. And about the third or fourth hit, piece of steak pulls out onto the floor. Yeah, praise God. Now, you might be there going, that probably was the hits that did it. Potentially. 
but also as well, I believe it was the power of the Spirit in that moment. But I want to submit to you, I don't just want the Holy Spirit for crisis. Come on. The Holy Spirit is not your crisis management toolkit. If the only time you're responding to an altar is when you're in a storm, I want to submit to you, there is something wrong in your heart today. I know that's hard to hear, but the Holy Spirit is not for the hardships. He's for the highlands too. And I want to challenge you today. I don't just need the Holy Spirit. You don't just need the Holy Spirit for your worst day. You need Him for your best day. You need Him for the daily devotions that you do as a family. Come on, when was the last time you were running a daily devotion with your kids in the morning and the Spirit of God invaded and it blew out by 15 minutes because God was touching them? We need the Holy Spirit when we're at that family gathering and we're talking to a loved one or a family member that's far from Him. Why? Because the Holy Spirit comes on you. He starts stirring you to say things you never think of. You start sharing your faith with them. It's not your ability or intellect. It's the person of the Holy Spirit. You need the Holy Spirit when you're at work and God stops your heart to go talk to someone. God stops your heart and says, hey, I want you to buy them a gift. I want you to give them $1,000. I don't know what it is, but I know this. God has good works for you to do, but you need the Holy Ghost to do it. And I've come this morning to challenge you, to challenge me that we need more of the Holy Spirit. And so I know I asked before, when was the last time you had the Holy Spirit do something miraculous? I feel like a better question is this. How was your hunger for the Holy Ghost today? Are you thirsty for Him? Do you desire Him? You know, the Bible says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Jesus said, whoever is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. As the Scriptures say, rivers of living water will flow from their belly. I want to challenge you. God, Jesus didn't necessarily invite people to think. He invited them to drink. And in just a moment, we're going to open up this place in just a sec for people to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because no matter where you're at, in your walk with God today, no matter what season you're in today, God wants you to have more of His Spirit. Thanks for listening to the Nations Church podcast. For more info, please visit nationschurch.com.